0: What is up, y'all? You are checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ant, and I am joined by my dude.
1: Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the world's most smartest, infamous CDP. And um, I asked Ant here to um, allow me to have this time to, <coughs> excuse me, make a little um, PSA. I am tired of people using smart or mark as an insult because like we're all wrestling fans so in some ways that we all we are all marks we are all smarts in the way so i don't know just um i'm just something about that it's like a little bit of pet peeve but then again like you know the Irish whoop could be a pet peeve for wrestling but that's all i got
0: and back over to you <laughs> well i agree with you because i feel like um you know a lot of the wrestling fans you know if you aren't into it you know you're not really listen I don't care who you are like if I were to walk by a wrestler whether it be Stone Cold um, you know Triple H Undertaker or it could be like a fucking Andrade or it could be even a like a Wardlow or someone younger I'm still gonna sort of get a little smirk on my face because it's cool you know you see someone that you watch all the time and someone that you like and you really get into the characters um i said all fair that like for me like i like watching wrestling to sort of like it's for me it's not about who wins it's how they won how they got there i also look at things like who's going to have the most benefit after that match right so like if, if edge you know or or i also look at it like um you know, who benefits from this? If Edge wins, will he suffer the consequence of winning? Or if he loses, will, you know, is it necessary? So I, I look at it as like, you know, necessary, not necessary. And um, I think as fans, we make the company. I feel like even Jerry Lawler said, which I'm going to plug here, my broken school sessions recap will be dropping with Jerry Lawler soon. And in his special, Uh, it was filmed during the beginning of COVID and he talked about how it was really hard to perform without the fans there. So yeah, we might be marked, we might be really into it, but that's okay. Because, you know, like, like, what do you call people who go to art like artists, singers, you know, anyone that's has a public platform and you go to celebrate and watch them, you go to see a singer, you're going to be singing, you're going to be going crazy. It's just you appreciate and like what they're doing. It speaks to you. So I hear you, us fans. Yeah, I'll be a smart. It speaks to me. It may, it makes me happy when I'm feeling sad. So,
1: one last thing before we uh, start. Um, yeah, that you mentioned Jerry Lawler because um, leading off from that, uh, last week I said that um Dustin Rose had apologized. <laughs> Because as you guys know, last week on Raw was the one where um, Goldust dressing in like a shaft. Well, he came out the shaft, you see, he came out in an afro and a blackface. And I had said that Dustin um, Rose had apologized. After doing some research, I couldn't find anything about a public apology with that. But as you see, with colorful language for Jerry Lawler and the God ones wearing Confederate t-shirts and some of the things that was going on around at the time, around this episode and you know plus the fact you know cody is buried the brandy so you know it's like it's one thing you had to give a take with that but
0: moving on from that sir uh Ant, yeah. shall we begin? well no i do think it's important to talk about because um you know look at rowdy piper you know back at wrestlemania 6 when he painted half of his body black because he was fighting bad news brown you know there was no it wasn't involved in the storyline there was no sort of like you know it wasn't like bad news brown was there's no reason to do it at all but there wasn't a storyline for it either um so it was just very strange to see him do that randomly show up at wrestlemania six like that
1: now, now, also, I will also say that it's yep. been publicly known that Dustin Rose has been suffering through substance abuse issues around mm-hmm. at the time. So maybe you know, maybe the cloudiness of adjustment yeah. at the time, and then you think about the dark side of the ring episode where I forgot like um, and you know the name of the um of the of the pill that they use or whatever to like to bomb wrestlers and knock them out that they mentioned in that episode. Oh God, Xanax, Percocets.
0: No no, no 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 I'm saying hardcore drugs. <laughs> I was no, just no, watching no, no. the Kurt Angle recap so sorry I know
1: <laughs> uh, no I, I, don't, I don't know no no but um yeah just uh yeah just that like, one thing I think about it's like you know and also I will also say I will be foolish to like to like you know I'm not I would be foolish of me to like to ask for this Rose to apologize, or public apologize. Cause that like, one thing you got to think about, is like, it's not necessarily him. It could be his yeah. bosses. You know, he was just trying out here to do his job, you know, and then, you know, the substance abuse, um, the WWE substance abuse on policy wasn't really in effect. As I shall point out with HBK a little bit later, but we shall get into that a little bit later.
0: <laughs> uh, I think also too, um, even just like this whole gimmick the artist formerly known as Golda's, like he's wearing very provocative, pr- provocative stuff and and things that are you know everyone's like okay he shows up at Wrestlemania wearing a fucking like teddy lingerie you know so it's uh it's Gay pain, pretty much <laughs> yeah so it's we'll, we'll get to there when we get there but it's odd and speaking of the Godwins I will say I've talked to Henry Godwin before Really, very very cool but we don't know behind closed doors how people truly are but the conversation i've had is very cool um but i appreciate you uh speaking on that because even you know for me i don't even think i would have find it f- funny back then i don't know maybe because that's how ignorant and and you know crazy those times were where it's like we didn't think seeing stuff like i was watching I know this is taking a big leap. Just go with me. All right. Come with me, P. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I watched watching the real world from 2000, right? And so they're in New Orleans. And in the scene, there's like only two African American people in the house. One of them is by Rachel, one of them is not. One of them is just straight African American. And um they're on this, like, they're doing this, like, because they were visiting, um, some sort of like swamp alligator tour ride type thing, and the guy, the um dude who was conducting the tour, saw a bunch of. They were some kind of like, um, I, I forgot the name. They were a type of a bird, but they were sort of the birds that you. They weren't crows, maybe they're cranes. I don't know, but they were they were black cranes, and they. Were, I don't know if cranes were, were. I don't know, dude. They were a type of bird. And the tour guide said, yeah, those birds are black. We call them. And he said the N word. And during the episode, the girl's trying to deal with that. And, you know, and she's trying to tell her roommates, like, it's hard to hear that, obviously, because, you know, he just said it, like, without thinking about it, without being, you know, just whatever. Um, so for 2000, for people, you know, today, it's still prevalent, but I can see 1980, a lot of people seeing that and just be like, oh, it's just, you know, over the top. That's just what it is.
1: Um, I'm actually surprised. See, I didn't watch The Real World back then, honestly. <laughs> uh, there's only like a few reality TV shows we really get into, but that's another thing. But mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm as surprised MTV actually let that air.
0: And- <laughs> yeah, they, yep, yep, they did a whole... Well, what's cool about The Real World is the first couple of seasons, they deal with a lot of real topic, like AIDS, they deal with race. They deal with, um, you know, it was more about society and humans, whereas as it got more put on towards the years, they made it more produced and made it more about, well, who's going to fight with who? And this person's going to, whereas in the beginning, it was just about these young people really exploring different themes that they never really dealt with before. And This one girl, she's a Mormon and she's never, this is her first encounter with an African-American person. Um, so she's very ignorant to things and she's, you know, asking, like, you know, why is it offensive? If I see the N-word and and you know, rappers, they they say it and it's so it's very interesting to see um, you know, the way it was back then. But hello everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you are here for raw as war, and that's okay because we're we're uncensored. This is what we do. Uncooked, uncorked uncensored you all but yes today we are here thank you p for and i'll be a, i'll be a smart what is your name what, what's the what's your official um moniker gonna be
1: well i played my mind well no i believe my moniker is gonna be the world's most smartest i did it in a facebook group um down still will to this day but um yep yeah, you all can call me the world's most smartest infamous cpp <laughs>
0: I will be down to call you that. infamous, and <laughs> you know, I'll call you infamous for sure, okay? Um, well, pizza's worse. Well, pizza's worse, too. Okay? All right. Well, I, we'll go back and forth. We'll have an identity crisis here.
1: Uh, well, some facts about, like, uh, tonight's Raw.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about Raw. So uh, it's from January 12th, 1998. They're live in uh, Pennsylvania. They're at Penn State. Attendance. Attendance is
1: eight thousand six hundred twenty-eight. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, that's a that's
0: yeah, um, not really a lot.
1: But well, honestly, when we think about like, today's attendance. I mean, I mean, I don't know though. They still make money regardless. So I guess oh, the case yeah, of
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's also noticeable with WWE is they would go to um, arenas that weren't very that didn't have a lot of people to sit. And you know, one of the WrestleMania was held in Hartford, and that arena it holds like i don't know maybe like a five hundred people so they um oh.
1: yeah oh another interesting thing about tonight's raw this is actually the fifth anniversary of raw
0: wow oh yeah because um 1993 right
1: uh yep. And I believe like um Cole said something about that within the first match. So I kinda surprised yeah. they didn't make a big deal about that. But then again, Vince McMahon's eyes, oh no, pal, it gotta be ten or higher to go to make it be higher. We gotta make a spectacular event,
0: <laughs> I love your um impression. It's like a mix of Vince McMahon and Vince. Right,
1: and, and and we shall talk about impressions later.
0: <laughs> oh, we'll get there, yes, we will. Um, All right, so we start off with DX. They're inside a limo, um, and they have a big announcement tonight. HBK stands up in the limo, and he pulls his pants off um, in the roof. You know, the little rooftop opens up.
1: Of course, HBK HBK showing his ass on TV. Ventus 90s Michaels.
0: Yeah, sophomoric stuff from HBK. But, I mean, you know. Just their way of sort of being badasses and showing that they're going to do what they want. Our first match is for the WWE tag team titles. It's a four, fatal four way. The tag team champions, the New Age Outlaws, defending against the Godwins, the Truth Commission, and the Headbangers. Not a lot of notes on this one. I have here that Billy ends up hitting um, Phineas with brass knuckles and he gets to win. Again, the New Age Outlaws finding a way to retain the titles. What do you think of uh, the New Age Outlaws? Do you think they're good tagging champions for this time?
1: Well, besides about some um, future things that came out about Road Dogg and the future, but that's another thing. Um, I mean, I love New Age Outlaws back in the day. You know, that intro that came in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, etc., etc. Um... And also as an FYI people, um, um, we, both of us will probably not be very knowledgeable about football because I, I remember back in 1998, I was probably nine years old at the time. So I didn't get into football until like late. So um, for those of you like under the YouTube comments, I'm pretty sure you would let us know about like uh, many of the football references that we might have missed or might not have missed. Um, Road Dog and Billy comes out in the Florida State T-shirt. I'm not exactly sure that was like anything to do with um, the bowl at the time. Uh let's see, Penn State went let's see trying to look. Penn State went uh nine to three, five or three in the big ten. I have no idea what any of that is right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me either. It sounds like All right, but, a different language.
1: But yeah, I yeah, I have nothing about this match. It only lasted like four minutes and ten seconds, you know. I have no notes about it.
0: Yeah, there really wasn't much to, to go off of it. I mean, at the time, um there wasn't you know, are it looks like the Legion of Doom are going to be the ones they're going after. So it's just sort of filler to kind of just put the outlaws in action. Um, so after that, we get a Legion of Doom promo. They're just you know just showing you know all their talent and what happened to them. We then <laughs> see Stone Cold Steve Austin showing up in a truck backstage, and I'm oh. excited.
1: Oh, um, oh, like there's also one of the note. I mean, uh, making notes about this match. Yeah. Go um, ahead. It should be noted that, like the WWF at the time, they didn't start experiencing it with like multi-man matches, as far as like triple threats and fatal four ways, until the previous year in 1997. Um, because um, I don't know if you guys will watch rest of the bios on YouTube. You should check them out. You know they're really good. Um, they did like a um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you probably did one yourself of like the WWF in your house, Ground Zero pay per view, the first time HBK and Shawn Michaels met. Um... And then during that match, it was Farouk versus Sabio Vega versus Crust of DOA. And then the triple threat match was, for lack of better words, shit. <laughs> um, like, uh, the guys that look like they didn't have no idea what they were doing. Um, I need to watch the show myself to figure out, like, you know, get my own personal perspective in real life time. See how it is. So, uh, when you look at this like four way dance, you could tell that the WWF or the performance at the time they were still experimenting before they actually perfected the art. It's definitely not no WrestleMania 20 or 30 about
0: all. No, no, it was a uh, um, yes, (laughs) uh, interesting, real for you, like you said, that they were just sort of the year before actually doing the matches and. That ground zero match, I, I do, I agree, I have to go back and look at it, because I remember when I was a kid, I would watch that pay-per-view a lot, and I, I don't really remember focusing much on that match, so maybe I should go back and check it out. But, yeah, they're experimenting, trying new things. That's all right, we all still experiment, sometimes hard drugs, sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, anyways, in the back, we see Stone Cold, and he nails a stunner on the Godwins, which, uh <laughs> was a great way to say, fuck you guys. I mean, I, you know, then he comes down to the ring, he being stone cold and Michael Cole interviews him. And Michael says that stone cold, he will be a marked man in the Royal rumble match. And Austin takes a little pen marker. He writes a target on his chest and stone cold says, I do what I want when I want. And I don't care if I'm a target. So Again, Austin, for me, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, a lot of people really like it. I go back and forth with it because, um, you know, there, there's really no real storyline for that match aside from the 30 men. So it's kind of like the buildup is going to be, okay, the top guy is going to have to try to go over everybody or the bad guy is going to escape. Like, like There's all just sort of different things. And right now, Austin is just building him against everybody at the Royal Rumble.
1: This is one of the Austin's like most legendary promos, by the way. Cause yeah. I, you know, like you remember like you know the image of him like taking off the shirt and writing the marker around the shirt. You can tell they really push him. Also, I gotta say, uh, a lot of people uh, criticize Kevin Dunn for rightful reasons for his camera angles that he did. Matter of fact, I think there's some the YouTube video that shows like comparing um AEW camera cuts to WWE camera cuts. A oh, holy shit, dude. There's like Maybe on one episode of Raw, like eighty or ninety camera cuts in one show, but for when Stone Cold came out and they did a certain angles when he was like came out in the truck and he walked towards the ramp and they showed the overhead view, kind of like WWE Two K Twenty Two camera view style when you like yeah. walk up to the screen or whatever. Um, like I just love that dude. I mean, I really wish they would do that like nowadays. Um, along with them like doing like promos like uh, near the top of the stage, and then um the camp- the crowd is in the background. You know how they did um, you know with like uh, back in the eighties, you know, had you had you had uh, Mean Gene and maybe Macho Man or Hulk Hogan whatever at the top of the stage. They cut those promos. Really was they bring that back. I think they did it with AJ Styles when he was WWE champion. Um, back of what, 2017, 18, is whatever.
0: I feel like um Austin was just fucking great at, like, whatever he was given, and he just looked, like like you said, that image of him taking the, sh- the shirt off and then putting the, the you know, the, the target on his chest, it, it definitely symbolized that he didn't give a fuck, like, come at me, I'm here, and that's why a lot of people liked him, because you know, he just was a modern dude. That's just gonna take on whatever, you know, right? All right, so, uh... so yep. We then move on. We get a promo. Raw's brought to us by Snickers. Fuck yes! Remember those old school Snickers commercials where, like, it would be like fucking Betty White on the field, and then they's like playing football, or gets tackled or something, and then it's like eat a Snickers, it'll help. And then she's a Snicker, and she's like a football player, and it's. Anyways, RP to Betty. Snicker fan. Big Snickers fan.
1: As an RP to Betty, uh, uh, excuse me, RP to Betty, by the way.
0: Yeah, I love Betty. She's great, man. Rest in peace. We then next, go. Next is, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Oh, yeah. no, you go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Next Mass is absolutely nothing. It's kirkin with the Jackal defeats two jobbers. And yeah. I have the names as Jimmy Cicero and Lance Diamond. That last mm. one sounds familiar. I'm trying to figure out the word. The sound of somebody, sound like, I'm, I'm going to say ECW.
0: Some I mean, like the, that's who you're thinking of. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Again,
1: um, people, people in
0: the comments. To off. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I had said like um people in the comments, please sound off if we're like mistaken about like, you know, these jobbers. But yeah, this oh, match is yeah. pretty much nothing. Two minutes of 28, the curve just smashed them. Matter of fact, he pinned one of the guys and then he grabbed the other dude, stabbed them on top of them. You know, like Roman Reigns at like WrestleMania 38 style. Yeah. And just put his put his boot on top of them and just one, two, three, we're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, A moment did happen. It was a quick moment that happened right before the match. A truck shows up and it blocks. It blocks. I need to go home. (laughs) (laughs) I should be high and drunk over here it blocks DX's limo from leaving so there's a little tidbit there something happens yes that match with Kurgan obviously you know he was going to dominate nothing really happened with him afterwards after like a couple of months he did a couple of things Then he joined the oddities Then he did like a thing alone for like a minute and then he was just gone Um, I should say
1: one interesting note the Jackal was on commentary he joined um, JR Kevin Kelly and and, uh, Michael Cole well Wait, yeah, Michael Hope was at the room. Yeah, Michael was doing commentary. It was JR, um, Kev, it was J.R. Kevin Nicole doing commentary. The Jacko joins them. And then he says, um, after McCurgan wins the rumble, you're fucking right. <laughs> um Jack says that he'll have them like working at the innings for fifty dollars, which is funny because Done Callis actually wound up working for like many of the big independent companies like regga Honor, new japan and i guess you could call AEW an indie or like the biggest indie or whatever or the second biggest company in the world please people
0: don't get mad at me. Okay.
1: but but you know i kind of i kind of find the irony in that that's
0: all yeah well we'll we'll see what happens oh. Oh. <laughs> We then see uh, Triple H in the backstage in the limo and Owen Hart runs out and he attacks Triple H inside the limo, finally getting his hands on Triple H after the attacks the past couple of weeks. Uh, I love seeing Owen Hart, great wrestler, great guy. Um,
1: My thing is, how come, like, um, well, um, I guess in hindsight, you know, it wouldn't be a smart idea to try to, like, to jump, Triple H, and then China and HBK was right there. <laughs> and then yeah. as you see, it didn't want it to be like a smart beneficial decision, but on. And as y'all will see around this episode, my pet peeve is I kind of hate how like um weak they kind of put on. I mean, I guess he kind of gets some payback, which I'll which I'll cover that later. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, and with the next match, may I?
0: Yeah, well, before we get there, let's talk about something that happens right before it. So Mark Merrill comes out, and he says he wants to make things right. And then (laughs) he welcomes Sable...
1: Ashley dude, I, I was about to-, to do like uh, the marrow. Um <laughs> I was about to do the mirror interest like I did like last week though, because I was about to lean into, but no, go ahead, it, take it over,
0: pretend like that's what to happen. We
1: kind of ruined it now, my guys. Well, like,
0: <laughs> well, go ahead. So who comes out? So he introduced Sable and then what happens?
1: And then of course, it's of course it's go with us, dressed in pretty provocative clothing, and that's me being nice. <laughs> And then um, and then um Meryl says that like um among the lines that like now we should finally get along and then go dust or go sable like like what the sable fuck we gonna call it? Sable dust. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so sable us. So definitely takes off Meryl's robe. And I don't know, I get like total gay erotic vibes from this thing. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, Goldust's character was very, you know, flamboyant and very out there, and um, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that that was always my question with WWE, and that's the problem too. Is like they always probably WWEs too. Is whenever they did have a character who might have been um, gay or bi what? or whatever. They'd always make them almost like predators and kind of like almost like you wouldn't want to like, you know, he's touching up on Razor Ramon. He's touching up on Ahmed Johnson. He's touching up on and, you know, there are a lot of gay athletes and a lot of gay people. First of all, gay people aren't predators, number one. a Predator is a predator. You know, there's, there's no category of who's a predator. A fucking regular person walking down the street can be a predator, you know, so it doesn't really matter what your sexual orientation is or who you love. But WWE, if you look back, even Billy and Chuck, Rico, all these guys that they've made sort of flamboyant and have all been um, inappropriate with it, which I don't really think is um, the right way. But again, we're in 1998,
1: so. And then there's, you know,
0: as you guys have seen, there's a lot of
1: questionable things that like they did in 1998. Now I will say with like Cornette, Michael Hayes, uh, who has Cornette, Michael Hayes, Bruce piercer um, you know, like you know, right now the backstage scenes, and Vince Russo. So <laughs> that's one little like piece of dynamite by itself. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, running the whole crash TV, trying to miss with pro wrestling era. You got you know, Cornette's old school views, classing with Russo's views. I'm just wondering who was the head writer for this segment right here. Anyway, it's Meryl versus the man they call Vader.
0: Yes, in the Hall of Fame. His wife, I loved all the comments. A lot of people were like, is he married to Suzanne Summers?" And I was completely thinking that when I saw her come out. <laughs> Do you know who Suzanne Summers is? I was
1: like, the, that's a, um, honestly, like, you could blame it on the marijuana or whatever, though, but I'm having a brain fart right now.
0: <laughs> so, Suzanne Summers was in the show Three's Company. She was the... Block. Oh, right, 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 right. right? So, I... she... As she got older, she kind of looks like Vader's wife, and so people were like, Vader was married to Suzanne Summers. What <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, I heard that Vader smelled that he, like, never really washed his single. Oh.
1: Oh, I am so glad you brought that up because, like, um... You know, during the match, you you, you like, well, as with any Vader match, actually, you know, you get to only imagine. Well, honestly, you're going to go out there and wrestle. You're, not, you're obviously not going to smell good. You're going to sweat. You're going to like uh, perspire or whatever. But then, but then the fact you had to wrestle Vader and then imagine being hit with a Vader bomb and then he don't wash or do anything like that. I wonder. That's why one one main reason why Vince never really pushed him to get like the world title or have a dominate like he did in other um, promotions.
0: Yeah, I don't know because he was dominant, um, but it's where really used as like a joke. Except for February. In February, he takes on Kane. We'll get there. But so this match, the match starts. The real Sable comes down to the ring, and, and the she, crowd pops. <laughs> yeah, of course they freaking love her. She ends up kicking Gold Sable dust. And then Mero tells Sable to leave. Vader clotheslines Mark Mero, I would outside and tosses him into the ring steps. Vader nails a Vader bomb. But then the artist, for, the artist formerly known as Goldust ends up nailing Vader with a coconut that he took out of his bra. Um, and he breaks it over Vader's head. And Vader gets the win by disqualification. These two will be taking on each other at the Royal Rumble. Goldust having the advantage. Um And yeah, that was just sort of a way to sort of set up more to the rivalry for Royal Rumble.
1: And notice they didn't bring up, like, when they were talking about how Goldust came out and to the costumes, notice they didn't, like, um, bring up the one he put out last week. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, they did. They <laughs> about, like, all the other ones. You're right. I, I did notice that. I'm like, hmm, they probably realized back then they were fucking pieces of shits for doing that. Um, exactly.
1: And also another thing, out of all the ridiculous we should make a list. We should totally like what of this shit. We should like uh, make a list of all the most ridiculous uh, wrestling weapons that you ever seen. And I got to say, a coconut
0: gets to be uh, up there. Yeah, they they like to use coconuts to, to, to nail opponents. Uh, it's very strange. Well,
1: well, to be fair. Well, to be fair, I guess like that's not really anything new. I mean, right at Piper did hit Jimmy looking yeah. with a coconut
0: in the Piper's pit. So Yep. And Sean O'Hare did to Rikishi. Um, so we then come back to Raw and we see that Stone Cold has attacked Vader backstage. Again, Vader will also be competing in the Royal Rumble match. So Austin's trying to take out people before they could take him out. We then have a tag match. We wait have- before that.
1: What's a, what's a, what's a, wait, there's little, this little, there's little piece of thing that happened before. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
0: go, go ahead. Anytime. you want I, to my,
1: man. These we, that's a, that's a, man. This California weed got my words learn. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, two things that happened before this match. Um, Diaz come out. They are looking better. You know, H2K looking shirtless. Whatever, right there. There's no Owen. Also. They then do a slam of the week where they go back when Lawrence Taylor confronts um, Bam Bam Bigelow at the when was WrestleMania like when was that nineteen ninety five six Am I close?
0: Oh wait, I thought that that happens after this match.
1: No, that happened before that match, sir.
0: Oh damn! What the hell am I on? I think I'm on the weed. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, like, um, and then, like, also, the commentators are also announced when the last time a major athlete got involved with the WWL. So you can tell they're really hyping this up. And then they're also, like, hyped up about will Mike Tyson will to to show up at the Royal Rumble. But then, again, I kind of hate to try to play off, like, well, at the end, as we say, I'll see next week, it worked out for him. But I kind of hate how they, like, kind of played out, how, like, Mike Tyson asked going to wrestle, you know?
0: Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I gotta freaking figure this out because I'm like I'm super out of it. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, wait, wait, let me get my fucking papers together. Okay, I think I might be out of order. I don't know what's happening. I don't know because I think you're gonna have to take me on this journey with you. So next, yeah, so I guess the X do come out because they do come out again later though, right? Because I know I had yeah. at some point they talk about Kane and we'll get there, but they did, they did. You're right, they had a little small like that's where we were. Okay. Now I see it. It's right here. Okay. Yes, sir. We good? Yes, I see it. Because I ruined... wrote. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, here we go. I mean, like, I can take the lead. You want me to? <laughs> listen, whatever it takes. So, we will. We will. We'll get there. When it comes... Listen, I'm going to let you know beforehand, when it comes to Wrestlemania, when um, we'll get there, you're going to have to take the lead on the main event and the match prior, and we'll talk why off-camera... Well, not camera off-air. Um, but anyways... We'll get there. So next, Guys. we have the Nation of Domination, the Intercontinental Champion, The Rock, and D'Lo Brown with Kama Mustafa, taking on the world's most strongest man, Mark Henry, and the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And I noticed
1: The Rock didn't come out with the Intercontinental belt either.
0: No, he didn't have it. He sort of just walked, which is weird. It's like they would do that sometimes where they wouldn't walk out with the titles and like, oh, you're like, aren't you the champion, sir? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Rock tells Mark Henry he's going to rip Mark Henry's shirt off his fat ass. And he tells Ken Shamrock if he has any guts to fight him right now. The match happens. And during the match, Henry actually attacks Ken Shamrock from behind and lands a big splash. Rock pulls off uh, Mark Henry's shirt and reveals a Nation of Domination shirt underneath. So Mark is officially joining the Nation of Domination. Backstage, Farouk looks upset about Mark Henry being in the Nation and the rocks says it's all for you, Farouk. So let's talk here. what did you think about Mark joining? And obviously, things are not looking good for the Rock and Farouk with the Nation of Domination.
1: This was probably like low key one of the best things that probably happened to him because um, it's been came out of later on interviews that like um, Vince McMahon regretted signing Mark Henry because like he had trouble like getting adjusted to professional wrestling yeah. than yeah. powerlifting. Yeah. But yeah. then, like, he was, like, around, like, um, a third-generation superstar like The Rock. Um, he was around, like, you know, like other, like, you know, good workers like uh, Calvin Mustafa and Farouk and everything else. And one thing I noticed, though, a little low-key, have you ever noticed that The Rock and Ric Flair got the same stumps? Like, the little shake and then... Yeah, when they do the little
0: kick, yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Rock also, like, made some football references with, again people in the comments please sound off. Um he misses Joe Paterno, which is like the longtime uh, uh Nickney Lions coach for the Penn for Penn State. Um I know this like um I know this is like you know pre-electrified man of sports entertainment Rocky Biavie Rock right here but um mm-hmm. um if if like if we can like get a chance, I want to like, try to find like a shoot interview of like when did the rock discover the spine buster people elbow combination because back then he used to do the shoulder breaker and then he did the people's elbow and well, then like you
0: see that soon right not the not the um but i'm i feel like i feel like i'd say 2000 right what yeah
1: yeah, yeah, I'll say the same thing. Like, um, well, ninety nine, two thousand, when yeah. like the Rock adjusted the, the Spy Buster, and then like you know the crowd just pops because it's a bit, it's so much of a better transition, you know, instead of the Shoulder Breaker and then People's Elbow, which was you know still cool, it still popped the crowd back then. Well, what was it, the even cream? though, go ahead. Even though, like around this time, it wasn't like known as the People's Elbow yet, per se.
0: Well, and I was going to get there eventually in the coming weeks, because I've been watching. I'm actually pretty, I'm, I'm ahead. I, I, I like to watch these sort of ahead of time. So I've just finished WrestleMania. Um, and the coming weeks, he will start to use it. But you'll notice it's not his finisher. A lot of men kick out to it. So when you see it and you're like, wait a minute, he kicked out of a rock bottom. You're like, oh, or I'm sorry, the people's elbow. You're like, yeah, he did. Because that wasn't um, his main move at the time. He would hit it, and a lot of people would kick out. Um, but yes, so go ahead, back to you. Sorry.
1: Guess you, guys, you, guys you. And side note, I want that Nace the Dominator T shirt that Mark Henry had on, like Gosh. with the fist. I want it. I, I I was I was trying to search online for a dude. But I don't think they're selling anymore. But um, um, if there's anybody within the WWE or any like traders on eBay, let me know name price. I am very interested. Let me share. Down the oh, also, um, when the Rock of Fruit was arguing and everything else, um, have you ever seen the Table for Three episode with uh, Farouk, Mark Henry, and Godfather? No, but I will watch it. It's a it's a really good episode because they were like talking about um you know the controversy that we discussed last week about the nascent domination yeah. and I love that episode because you know of course Dwayne could have been there for um obvious reasons probably shooting like Fast and Furious twenty or whoever <laughs> um yeah. and, and um at the end of the episode um you know the Rock asked to R three my presents and it's an autographed picture of him and Farouk was like I'm gonna beat his ass this time I see him. <laughs>
0: For listen, I freaking gotta say they Farouk is a fucking powerful dude. I, I would mean, not I, mess with Ron Simmons. I mean
1: who I mean, who wouldn't though? I mean, um, I mean uh he's a former lineman. Um I'm not the all-state lineman, first ever from um, first ever African-American world champion, legit one of the toughest men in the business. And
0: you know, no disrespect to the
1: rock though, but in a real life shoot fight i got ron
0: oh uh, i take ron over anyone at that point um okay yeah so it's different person joining the nation cool interesting um to see henry join we then come back with dx they come out triple h trash talks on heart Shawn michaels mentions mike tyson and triple h mocks mike's talking voice you know mike tyson's very uh um, sophisticated I guess talking voice you um, know I
1: can you know I can ask do a Mike Tyson the myself how you like was mentioning about my Vince McMahon a um I used to do him. a little oh uh, you want me to do it now or what? yeah go right ahead this that's right sensor. I got you that's right I can shut the babies I was shook when they now lady, it out a chocolate album. <sighs> And then this wouldn't be the first time that um, Triple H have made fun of Mike Tyson's voice. Like, he does it, like, constantly. Like, whatever, like, Tyson brings up through the years. I remember that Ron Raw, when, like, they hit, they had that episode feud with Chris Jericho, and then um, Triple H um, used it then. <laughs> um, during this um, segment, a bloody Owen Hart shows up on the Titan trying and I don't know what Diaz did to him in that limo, but it was, like, kind of like, or... I don't know what type of blade job or ketchup or whatever they put on Owen, but like (laughs) it's like you know it's like the spot of blood was like so weird because I'm thinking like if you got hit in the nose right, wouldn't the blood like necessarily like leak down on your face? I mean, of course you got to think about the was rumbling in the limo, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. Yes, Owen Hart does appear on the Tron, uh, but before he does, Shawn Michaels says that Mike Tyson's never had a shimmy to the Sweet Chin Music. But if Mike Tyson sticks his nose in my business at the Royal World at WrestleMania, I'm going to dance all over your face. And then <laughs> Shawn Michaels addresses Kane. And then that's when Owen Hart comes on Titan Tron. Like you said, he's bleeding on the nose. And Owen says, I'm going to make your life hell. Uh, it's not even
1: the nose. <laughs> it's like like the blood spot. Like the blood spot they had him in, It was like on his right side of his face. And like I said, you. Oh, I thought somebody- it was on his nose. No, no, sir. Like no, so you look back, right? Oh like the blood spot is like I guess you can see it leaking for his nose and you can guess you can account for them rumbling in the um uh in the limo or whatever. But it's like I mm-hmm. thought that was just a weird spot, you know, just a, like AJ
0: Styles. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sure? Yeah, I guess like that was like just totally like um random video game generated blood. <laughs> yeah, know,
0: I, yeah. Well, I listen, i yeah. They were very odd. You said the catch-up. I love that. Um, so, Triple H calls him out to the ring, meaning Owen Hart. Owen Hart comes down with a crutch, and he says he'll break Triple H's other leg. Um, but the referee separates uh, everyone from the ring, and you get sort of like a separation. And that is the end of Raw's war. We're going to go into the war zone. Do you have any comments to make before we take our quick break?
1: Uh, No, sir. I... Yeah, I mean... That's... I mean, that's it.
0: Yeah, like
1: I said, it's not a very eventful episode, even though it's a week before the Rumble. But, you know, I have nothing else to add on that.
0: I was just, the thing for me, and then we're, we're going to get to the war zone, with Owen Hart was I was so excited. Like, watching it back, I didn't realize how, um, like, important he was um, during this time. Because I thought after Brett left, it was kind of like, whatever. But he sort of... His angle with DX was a serious thing. Brett just left. He was the only, own, you know, the only heart family member remaining. Um, and it was a bigger deal. But then I feel like by the time he got to media, it sort of like ran, ran out of steam. But we'll get there. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you're going to come on to the war zone. We have DOA taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Mankind going on one-on-one against the artist formerly known as Goldust. And we have a situation with a lot of the wrestlers in the Royal Rumble match. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We are now in the war zone, but before we get into the war zone, I want to thank you all for checking us out. Definitely use anchor.fm. It is the greatest tool to create and distribute your podcast for free. So definitely use anchor.fm. You can go online and search it on your, you know, whatever website you use, Google Chrome, whatever your search engine is, or you could download it on the mobile app, anchor.fm. Definitely check that out. Thank you for listening to us wherever you're listening to us on, and we are available wherever podcasts are streaming, including Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. Definitely check us out and give us a five-star rating because you like us you really really like us and then um check us out on youtube just search the uncensored pro wrestling podcast make sure you subscribe like and hit that notification bell when you do that anytime new content is created a new video drops anything you will have a little ding a little message will go off on your phone and you could just Click on the little link and go to our video. So easy. Just do that. And as my man P said earlier, leave comments. Let us know your thoughts about this episode of Raw, The Iggy, or anything you have to say, let us know. You ready, my uh, man, Come into Warzone?
1: I am. Um, there's one thing I want to bring up. Yes. Yeah, like um, yeah, missing. Yeah, missed about how excited that you were about seeing um on heart and then you know, they could have, like, kept the whole thing going with Owen Hart. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you still got Stone Cold Steve Austin at the time. So, mm-hmm. so, like, from the Booker standpoint, it's like, okay, Owen needs his just due. If you're gonna, like, you know, do that to his brother, one of the greatest performers and greatest, like, champions representing your company, um, then you gotta give Owen a bone. But... As you guys shall see, we shall definitely cover all of that later.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like for me, um, and we'll cover it as we go. This has already been out, so there might be well, we'll talk about when we get there. I just feel like for me, in my opinion, Owen could have gotten some wins, and we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, so we're in the war zone. We have the disciples of apocalypse taking on the rock and roll express who are representing the NWA with James E. Cornet by their side. Um, uh, Go ahead.
1: I gotta point out that Tony Kimmel called us a tag team
0: distraction. Oh, a tag team attraction. Love yeah,
1: it. a, it's not a tag team match, ladies and gentlemen. It's a tag team attraction. Yeah, so football would've
0: football would've the <laughs> they're like using WCW tactics. We'll give you free tickets. Just watch DOA versus the Rock and Roll Express. Um. With with, oh, with on top of that, like the Rock and Roll Express, see.
1: Of course, like, I was nine years old, you know, I didn't know anything about the Rock and Roll Express, I had to go back and watch their work, but even, like, back then in this match, Ricky Morton was 42, and they, Ricky Morton and, um, Robert, um, I've got the other dude's name, Um Rob, uh, uh Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, yeah, that was, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, sorry, sorry for all, you know, older smarts, please don't, please don't chew me out in the comments, I had a little brain fart, <laughs> um, Yeah, but like uh Robert Gibson or Ricky Morton, even in this match, once you once we get into it though, they've moved great.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they did. They were really, really good, very fast. The only thing is I can't stop looking at the guy with the um like the eye problem. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but we'll get there. So eight ball and nails, a really cool spinning side slam, like you said, rock and roll express with fast-paced action, a double clothesline. Cornette ends up hitting eight ball with the tennis racket, and the ref catches him, um, hitting skull with it, causing disqualification. Win for DOA after the match. Eight ball attacks Jim James Cornette, but Rock and Roll Express attack DOA with the tennis racket. So NWA like have been like hitting and running. They've been freaking taking advantage of the WWE guys. What do you think?
1: I don't well. I guess like, you know, Joe Cornette needed to get his come up and so I guess they that's the reason why they booked this to happen or whatever. But then they turn around, they get their heat back. So I can't help but think was that like Cornette like trying to argue in the background once they told him that um (laughs) he had to um get caught or whatever. I'm not sure.
0: They've been in the they've been very Uh unstoppable.
1: Also, I should note that Rick and Morty was 42. I don't know if I said that earlier. I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: No, you mentioned that I think that that they were older. It's, they they do. They're kicking ass, man. Like the Rock and Roll Express. For me, I was always a WWE guy, so I didn't really know. The first time I were like um, introduced to them was the Because When I was little, I would get the DVDs and the VHSs, and I would watch whatever you know I got, and I would see them, and I would be like, oh, these are the guys that were – you know, at Unforgiven, taking on the new Mania Express, like, and then I, you know, would see there's some of their old stuff, but I'm still relatively new to the Rock and Roll Express, so, but I can understand, They're like, the Rockers, before the Rockers were a thing. But, uh, and
1: I, sh- I should notice that they still are doing, like, uh, wrestling as recent as yeah. 2020, because they've they been taking
0: been- bumps in AEW, man.
1: And then Ricky Morton did a fucking Canadian destroyer. And he was 42. And that dude had to be like yeah. six in 60s by this time. And the fact that they're still going to this day is like amazing. They're
0: kicking ass. Totally kicking ass. Um ass. Go ahead. I- Go ahead. What was that? I said, shall I lead? Oh, if you want to, yeah, if you want to, you could talk about the the uh, promo. I guess you. So We now cut the Beaver
1: Stadium where Captain Jack cuts a promo he missed... And they missed Terry Funk. And they missed about all the wars that he did um, during all the other promotions that they wrestled, such as NWA. And I think they even did some ECW footage, if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't think like Funk and... No, I think think, um, Funk and Foley followed the ECW, so I might be mistaken. So, anyway, um, Captain Jack even missed the fact why would um a legend like terry funk would dress up in pantyhose and call himself chainsaw charlie but that's another man's business so i guess that shut me up about my question last week (laughs) and then ironically the next mask is mankind versus uh, and we're gonna call
0: this gold dude um yeah i guess we
1: could call him gold He Looks really stupid the match lasts 14 seconds. <laughs> yeah,
0: real. And before, what happened
1: Before Austin comes out to amaze the pump, stuns mankind, and stuns the shit out of Dusty Rhodes. He stuns so hard, and he he literally, his wig, his wig fell off when he came out dressed up as Dude Love, or whatever. Okay. And and then, like, I was, you know, like, Mankind took an excellent bump for the stunner, too, I got to mention. But then, um, but then, I, then that
0: stunner that he did on Desert Rose, beautiful, amazing. It was a come for last week. I guess. <laughs> Some kind of way. Uh, yeah, I, I again, interesting to see Golda's continuing dressing up as different characters. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs>
1: So for the next segment, which they've been hyping it all night. And, and I got to tell you, I actually timed this. And another thing that I timed, um, remember back in the day, they did the Warzone intro in the um, second half of the hour? Yes, yeah. Uh, the Warzone intro is like 40 seconds. Yeah. And seeing how the average to era match might have last no more longer than three to five minutes. You had to wonder that, like, you know, the probably reason why they cut it so that way they could make matches even shorter so that way they could have more 17 matches run-ins, 17-second match run-ins, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's like they, they focused more on the talking, and then the matches were, like, 15 seconds, and then, okay.
1: Leading on for that,
0: this announcement that
1: they, um, that they've been hyping all night about Mike Tyson, Vince McMahon shows up to the Titan, the crowd boos the shit out of him, um, King mentions King uh, mentioned that somehow saying that they love him up here at Penn State. Uh, Vince mentioned that Tyson is going to be on Raw uh, the uh, the Raw after the rumble, and we all know what happens from there. The segment was 40, 44 seconds.
0: Yeah, um, I guess interesting to see. Um, interesting, you know, to see Mike Tyson, you know, going to be involved in WrestleMania. Uh, or I'm sorry that he will be on with us with Raw next week. Sorry, I'm getting out of myself. I saw WrestleMania, and I was like, Ooh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, again, I didn't see this live, but I did see it, you know, when I was in, like, 2000. So I was privy to, you know, I knew who Mike Tyson was, I knew about all this. But, uh, interesting to see the hype behind it, To see how big Tyson was. True.
1: Anyway, Sunny comes out, and Ant, you want to lead us to our main event of the
0: night? Well, there's a couple of matches before. Oh, this is our main event! Oh my god, great!
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. This is our main event of the night, sir. This is our main
0: event. Well, Sunny comes down in a cheerleader outfit, which for me was the main event. Um, but we have <laughs> the light heavyweight champion Taka Michinoku and Scott Taylor taking on Los Boriquas, and uh, Boriquas get the win after a suplex. After the match, Owen Hart comes out and he attacks the Los Padilla's members with his crutch, getting paid back for their attack on him last week. Not a lot of action here, not a lot of stuff going on, but it is interesting to see Owen come back, get his revenge, say, don't fuck with me, y'all, because I'm coming for Triple H. What do you think of that? Well,
1: you got to wonder, are they just like protecting Triple H because he might be a legitimate injured to even to take bumps or anything like that? Yep. I was trying to save them for WrestleMania 14 or the Rumble or whatever. Yeah, like as matter they got a match at the Rumble, don't see
0: Those put equals. Uh, no, Owen's just in the they're just in the Royal Rumble match, Triple H. Okay, know. okay,
1: yeah. Okay, so they okay, they might have been wrestling Triple H for WrestleMania. Okay, that's yeah. fair.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: but but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I guess I needed like to watch the future episodes to um to like to see like how to build what they're gonna do yep. um yeah. up to it. Let's see. So I should also notate that Lawler tried to get some cheap heat by, um, you know, oh, well, as they uh, before the match, though, Lawless um, says that he might get into it with Tyson. JR, you know, calls him out on this bullshit. Yeah. Uh, during the match, um, King makes some racist deportation jokes. I mean, I get it because of the storyline and what era that we're in, but. Um, king saying that he got two words for talking green card and
0: one word deported
1: and i don't know just very uncomfortable to like listen to back in the day
0: yeah um it's you know it's some ways people say it's funny other people you know don't it's it's i i don't know i don't know man it's definitely a sign of the times Well, speaking of that, DX come back out to the ring and Shawn Michaels says that Kane and Paul Bearer have split ways um, and DX would stand here with open arms like a family Kane never um, had and they would accept Kane. And he then says, I would like to welcome our newest member of DX, Kane. Well, the Undertaker comes out and Undertaker tells Shawn Michaels, you need to keep my family out of this. If I were you, I'd be worried about the Royal Rumble. Triple H then hits Undertaker with his crutch and Shawn Michaels nails the sweet chin music. He then hits Undertaker with a crutch as well, but then Kane comes down. He sends DX packing and Kane and the Undertaker salute each other. So the two brothers are seeming to have each other's back going into Royal Rumble. And uh, they're, you know, even though DX is able to get the upper hand on Undertaker, the two of them are last standing. So um, let's, there's also another segment really quick, and we'll, we'll talk about both of them at the same time. After this, a bunch of wrestlers come out and they're fighting in the ring with each other. Um, and then Stone Cold comes out and the Nation of Domination and Savio Vega attack Stone Cold on the stage and leave him. And you're left thinking to yourself, okay, is this too much for Austin to handle? 29 other guys trying to go after him. He's the one they're targeting. Let me throw it to you. What are your thoughts on the segment with DX and Los uh, was, or I'm sorry, Side with Vega and Nisham Domination leaving uh, Austin awesome On one segment,
1: on one segment, you got to think that this is really our main event segment. But then on the other, this has become one of the most legendary attitude era moments of all time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because we all remember that the whole salute and then the explosion and then the crowd pops and the crowd ate it all up. So I guess like, you know, the people like it. Who am I to complain about it? So far. So as far as the fallen segment is, of course, the usual uh, Royal Rumble spot. We got to visualize, you know, you can see all the wrestlers in the ring at the same time, which they have been doing now for the last 30 something years. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Like somehow, somewhere, we had to get the visual. Um, we had to get the visual of a bunch of guys hugging on each other in the corner.
0: Yeah, it's um, I I, I guess we'll see. You know, Royal Rumble was going to take place that Sunday, so it was a you know. What did you think of it for a lead-up to Royal Rumble? Though? Did you think that like you know, if you were watching it live, you would have wanted to buy it, or did you think that this was a role that was kind of like eh, a little lackluster?
1: Hmm. Well, just in case for anybody listening, you guys don't know, I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't started watching Raw heavily until that episode where Mankind won the WWE title. So looking back at it, and even though, even, even like, um, before I started watching Raw heavily, you heard of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was literally the hottest thing in 1998. So. Hmm. I say it's a mixed bad for me. It's yeah. like yeah, and a lot of wrestling. But then at the same time, as a lead up to the Royal Rumble, there, there's, like much, there's not too much, there's much you can complain about per se.
0: Yeah. And let's quickly go over some of the matches that will be taking place at Royal Rumble. That will be our next recap video. Royal Rumble 98 will be taking place in, if I'm correct, San Jose, California. You're gonna yes, sir. Say- 30 man over the top rope world rumble match the winner goes to wrestlemania 14 you have vader taking on the artist formerly known as goldust the wwe tag team champions the new age outlaws defending against the legion of doom who are coming to take those titles the so WWE- rock
1: taking on cancer and rock in the intercontinental championship
0: yes sir of course yep that was a that, that was a match And uh, the main, well, not the main event, but the WWE title on the line, the WWE champion, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, defending against The Undertaker in a casket match. Dude, this Royal Rumble was legendary. Pretty much bringing up the fires from the depths of hell. Uh, And you'll see what we mean next week. P, do you have any last words? What was your favorite moment of the night? The Stunner easy. The stunner. Yes. Yeah, fucking awesome. is <laughs> awesome. just fucking phenomenal, man. He can do no wrong. For me, my favorite moment of the night. Uh uh, I like seeing Owen Hart take out Sabio Vega. Um, or I'm sorry, the boutique was because he guys come off. I'm just tired of seeing Triple H fuck with Owen Hart. It's time for Owen Hart to get his revenge. If you Triple H tonight, I'm excited. So um, stay safe. Uh I'm trying to wrap it up. <laughs> As
1: I lose okay. my words here, I think I'll know that some pod. I that's, I got you. Well, let me like do my first like close out for this podcast. Okay. Yes, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. We appreciate for the views. Check out for all the links for to hear all the listen to the podcast. Stay safe. We shall see you next time. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace. Bye.